Hey, Northwest Arkansas. Welcome to another interview episode of Hey, Hey, NWA. This week, we get the pleasure of talking to JD and Julia Byram. They run the Bentonville Sessions, the Bentonville City Sessions that happen here on Bentonville. Um, And that is a concert series where they bring artists through from outside of Northwest Arkansas, but also highlight local, local artists in Northwest Arkansas. And we got the pleasure of talking to them in their own home. Yeah, it was great. Um... It was cool just to hear how sessions started. Um, started with a, literally a backyard show um, and grew into what it is today. I mean, you have, I mean, in my understanding of Bentonville sessions, I've always understood it to be like, oh, they bring in out of town artists or whatever. But hearing the story of them growing from what was just local artists in backyards and living rooms um, in the, houses of friends that they had and growing to be what it is now where they pair local artists with musicians who are traveling that are, have much more of a following. Uh, it was really cool to hear a lot about that. And I think it's really cool to hear about, um, the creating an intimate space, like in somebody's house, which we get into, which I think is really great because I love the idea of house shows and small settings where you have Mm -hmm. a tiny crowd for music or podcast or any sort of live performance. Um, I think that's a lot of fun. So we get into talking about that. Um, and then the fact that he is giving, he, he, well, he talks about in the episode about, um, training an audience to be receptive and listening, uh, which is funny to me, I guess that you have to train people to listen. Yeah. It's, it's weird how that's a learned behavior, just how to appropriately act. But we really get into that. And, um, he has lots of thoughts on that. He does. And by, Oh, I love this. I love this interview. It was really good from, it's really something you can apply to any art form. Honestly, like you, it's not just a, you know, just a concert thing. It's just knowing how to respect people's art and, what they make or what they do. Yeah. And I think it's really neat to hear from him as someone who just wanted to see something exist in Northwest Arkansas and went about making it happen by whatever means necessary, meaning come over to my house, you 45, 50 people and listen to this local musician perform and we'll drink beer and have snacks and hang out. Well, I feel like we've given a lot away. So (laughs) let's... Let's just let our listeners listen to this episode. So without further ado, listeners, here are J.D. and Julia Byram with Bentonville City Sessions. Enjoy. Hey, Northwest Arkansas. Welcome back to another episode of Hey, Hey, NWA. And we are so fortunate right now to be sitting in the kitchen of J.D. and Julia Byram um, to talk about Bentonville Sessions, uh, the work that they're doing in bringing music to Northwest Arkansas. So I'm pretty excited to be here. Yeah. And I'm pretty excited to kind of test the limits of doing an interview where uh, a baby is sleeping. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. And a dog outside. And a dog. Ooh, it's getting, it's getting real, real edgy up in here. We're going to push some boundaries. Thanks um, for having us guys. 
Thanks for having us. <laughs> I do have to know it smells beautiful in here. It. it you're yes. welcome. <laughs> Bath I and body showered works. this morning. <laughs> Bath you? and Body Works. It's did you shower candle. this morning, Julia? It's great. I did. Oh. I showered this afternoon, actually. Well, I'm glad everyone was well bathed for this interview. I'm really excited speak, about that. Speak for yourself, Peyton. Oh, okay. Never mind. So let's move right past that. So, all right. So you guys run um, Bentonville Sessions uh, for Bentonville specifically. So can you, I was kind of asking you guys earlier about this. Could you guys break down just what is Bentonville Sessions? Yeah, so... Bentonville Sessions is part of a, an organization that we've set up called City Sessions, which is a 501c3, a nonprofit. Um, and Bentonville is, I mean, the majority part of what we do, um, where we host shows, concerts, uh, once a month during the school year, because that's when Bentonville operates. Um and we bring in artists, we bring in local artists, we bring in traveling artists, um, and, uh, you know, essentially to serve kind of this, like, we, we want good music. Um, and that's how it all started, uh, with, with, with me, cause we had, Joy and I have kind of a backstory that is, you know, we, we lived in a place where good music was just like available for six to eight dollars a night and we didn't even know what we we didn't we didn't know what we were getting and we moved here uh in 2009 moved i moved back here because i graduated benville high school in 2003 and joey moved here for the first time and we were like what what do we do here like (laughs) we ended up going to fayetteville like three or four times a week just like trying to find something to do. Uh, and that area has changed completely, but Bentonville sessions was a way to address what wasn't happening here at the time. Um, and a, a way just to give people like really good music to, to focus on. And, and, uh, you know, we, over the lot, this is our, we just began our fourth season and, our mission is stayed really similar, but the way that we execute that mission has changed uh, over the four years for sure. Were you finding that a lot of people in Bentonville were going down to Fayetteville to listen to live music? Is that was kind of was that kind of the reason, or the we're seeing that there's this niche of people in Bentonville, perhaps that want to see live music, and we just don't have the venues for it, or the events or what what was the impetus there to put it in bentonville of all places yeah i mean it was selfish at first because it was just like i just complained so much to joy as like i there's nowhere to see live music here. like we were we were like we were gonna move uh-huh um and not not necessarily just because of music but we'd gotten so used to seeing great music all the time uh and just to give you context like we lived in oklahoma city post Katrina and uh we had an we, we had musicians who just like set up and played uh they played regular sets they played cigar bars they played these like dirty dive bars and there's a place called the conservatory that Joy and I would go and I mean how many times 
Like we go twice a week. Twice a week usually. Yeah. And we're you're talking about like five to eight dollars a night. And we went in there and we'd see shows that would just like blow our minds. Like we saw a band called Little Joy, which no one knows about Little Joy, but it was the drummer for the strokes mm-hmm. who just started this band and he started it with a couple of Devandra Barnhart's uh like folks. And they came and played this like incredible show. I mean, like, like it can't even describe it. And we saw it for $5. Yeah. And so we just got used to seeing these types of things and we move here and it's like, Hey, what do you want to do tonight? Like, you want to go to Chili's? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, no, do you it's like, no, it's like, okay, well let's move. Um, and, but I mean, and that's an exaggeration, but it was like, well, we'd have to go to Fayetteville to see any type of show. Um, it was expensive. It was expensive. Well, well, yeah, it was expensive to get to Fayetteville. I mean, honestly. The shows were expensive. Shows were expensive. And then... <laughs> mic problems. Uh, well, I mean, shows were, ten, shows were $15. Sometimes $30. Mm-hmm. Uh, to people who... For people who... Honestly, we'd seen Oklahoma City for like $8, like, you know, two years ago. And um, and then it had to be around 19-year-old girls. And yep. <laughs> nothing against 19-year-old girls. I have a daughter. I'm going to have a 19-year-old girl at some point. But, like, I'm, I'm 32 right now. I have no – and at the time I was 28, now 27. And I have, like – I, at that point, I had no interest in being around 19-year-old girls when I was like, experiencing, like, music. Well, so, and they're all just, like, texting your friends, and they're like, who's here that I know? Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, like does who, anybody know where we're going after? There's, yeah. a, there's an old guy here in a polo shirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like uh, we probably ought to get out of here. And Everybody I'm like, keep your eye on this one. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and then probably not even there for the music anyway. They Right. There was not like necessarily an appreciation of what's going on at the front of the room, perhaps in that setting. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience anyway. Oh, for sure. No, you're, you're not wrong. And so, and, but that's what, what's interesting is so we, we would go to Fayetteville and then people would say like, Oh, there's a great music scene in Bentonville. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, there's a there's a band playing in the corner of this bar over here, you know, like you know, circa like 2014. I was like, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not talking about someone who plays, uh, you know, like the most popular like Elton John and Creed songs and people like, you know, uh, and, and country songs and like get into it. I'm talking and. Like some drunk guy yells out, play, you know, Freebird. And and the the guy plays Freebird. I'm talking about legit artists who care about music enough to like create their own stuff and they're passionate about it. And I had just complained so much uh, to Julia's like we had a friend who hosted a house show in Little Rock and talked about how great it was. And I was like, I'm just like, we love this area. Like we do, like I grew up here, I graduated high school here. Um, there are a lot of great people here, but I was like, I, I, you know, I, I can't live here if there's not something. And I mean, I don't know how many times we talked about, like, 
I'm the most happiest when I'm at a show. Hmm. Like the most, like the most happy. I'm the happiest. <laughs> Studied English in college, by the way. Um, I'm the happiest when I'm at a show, and I didn't want to raise my daughter in a place where I wasn't going to be the happiest I could be. Right. And uh, and I know you can go all over the world and figure that out, and you know you, you, we could travel to Kansas City and Tulsa and Oklahoma City and. Uh, but I wanted her to experience that. Like I wanted her to see me in my natural state. <laughs> uh, and so it was like, well, let's, let's just stop complaining about it. And we threw some, what is it? Miller light on the table mm-hmm. in the backyard and had Barrett Baver play our first sessions. And uh, we signed people up for yearly memberships, which we had no freaking clue what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and every, Barrett brought his own lights. He brought his own sound because um, we didn't know that was part of a show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a house show. Isn't it all acoustic yeah. anyway? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, he'll just be loud enough. That's not, not actually the case. Um, and, man, it just started from there. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So it did start in people's backyards and in their homes. Started in a backyard off of uh, D Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right across from Old High. Okay, That's a pretty good pool for the first show, though. Bear Baber of all people. Well, Neil, I'll credit Neil Greenhall with that. Okay, so Neil, who runs Haxton Road Studios, uh, who, you know, got a great space in downtown Bentonville now. Um, then we were just kind of connected to some people who were connected to him and. This was this was prior to Barrett Baber voice. Uh-huh. Uh This was uh, Barrett Baber, who was still part of North. Sorry, you know, like mm-hmm. just like a local kind of guy, and uh, but he did a great job. I mean, yeah, it was amazing. In fact, we paid him three hundred dollars, and he donated two hundred dollars to the nonprofit that mm-hmm. we were wow. supporting that night. So yeah, it was awesome. And he, he brought was his our own first lights member. and sound. So pretty much he made no. Yeah, pretty much he <laughs> made. He drove no up money. here from Fayetteville. Um. So you've seen Barrett Baber on The Voice and all this kind of stuff, but that's uh, that's probably the true Barrett Baber. Yeah, so I, I'm curious what this yearly membership looked like, actually, just before we leave it. I'm curious <laughs> what that means, um, especially when, I mean, were you flying by the seat of your pants like when on season one, or did you have like all your acts together? But I'm sure, I guess. But um, did you have all your acts like planned out for that season before starting it? What had ha- what had happened? Because you we had talked about at Ben's house how they, the people that threw the house show in Little Rock, and you were first. I think they had charged for people to come. No, okay. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't charge. You, they you, were just like, hey, donate if you would. Um, they put, they, to pay they the bought band. all the beer, mm-hmm. like tip the band if you would. And they ended up breaking, they ended up getting enough money to pay themselves back for the beer that they bought and then was able to pay the band like $400 or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, which the, the band that was shopping through was like super happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember you saying, I don't want to make any money off this, but, but yeah, also I mean, we weren't going to fund it. So. That was, that was the whole thing. It's like, I didn't, we didn't want to set up like some LLC or whatever and, and actually profit off this thing because the whole thing, I mean, the the whole Genesis was, 
I just want good music, man. I just want to I want to be able to set up a chair in the front row and hear someone play that cares about what they're doing um and and plays original music. And so we started like <laughs> yeah, the membership. Did we have our acts in a row? I think we had had I think we had booked two at that point. I think we had Barrett who played our first one and Cass Harris who played our second one. I think that those were the only two we had actual booked. Um and we s- signed people up. I think it's two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars for the year. Two hundred dollars is going to be twelve shows. Twelve shows, and we did. I think we ended up doing thirteen shows. Um, the first year. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. That is crazy. And I mean, we. There are a lot of people who came along. I mean, out the first person I would thank in terms of sessions is a guy named Evan Cronister who runs sound for a lot of the Bentonville events, but uh, he and his family set up. Do we have Penny and Sparrow first, first year? I think we did in, in 21 C they were, ran, he, he's an, he's an amazing audio technician, but I met with him cause I, I worked at Walmart at the time and I still work at Sam's club, but um, I met with them. Someone introduced me to him. And I was like, hey, man, we're looking for someone to do sound because we just realized that we have to actually like run a PA system during a concert. And he was like, well, I don't do it for any money. I just do it for free. I'm like, Jesus. Great. We love free. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you Jesus? He's like, no, I'm not Jesus. Uh, no, but it was awesome because he, he ended up running it for two years for us. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, two and a half years, really. And... uh Man, we wouldn't have. We never would have gotten off the ground nope. without that. No, nope. for sure. Well, His whole family too, not just him. Well, that's really interesting to me because I was going to ask if there was an appetite for it at the time. If it, this was more than just a need you guys saw, but were people latching onto it? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like yes. I mean, given given he just did it for free, you know what I mean. So, would you say that Bentonville was really receptive to it? He, Evan, Evan and his family definitely was. They they got the vision. Um, I wouldn't say Bentonville was at the time. We, I mean, we we've always been in partnership uh, with originally an organization called Feed Their Tummies, and now an or and they've since kind of like laddered up to an organization called Help One Now. Um, and the first shows were were very much your typical like fundraiser events um and we're not i'm not like sad about that at all it was was awesome i mean the work that dave and jenny mars have done with originally feed their tummies and now with help on now it's awesome but i wouldn't say that bentonville was receptive to a like a house concert intimate music scene at the time Mm. um and I think we have developed, but one of the goals that's that's kind of come out of this whole journey is there is as much an art to attending a show as there is playing a show, and people in if you move to Nashville, you just have to like 
you have to conform to what it's like to attend a show. Yeah. If you move to Austin, you have to know what it's like to attend a show. You know, in Bentonville, you don't necessarily have to know what it's like to attend a show. You can go to a show and get a few drinks and talk in the back. Um, but the way that we run shows, people who get a few drinks and talk in the back can ruin our show. Um, and that's that's been probably like the most challenging, frustrating like thing over the course of the, the last three and a half years is man, we bring in these artists to, or like, you know, host these local artists or bring in these nationally touring artists who are just pouring their souls out. And they're so freaking talented. And you put them in a room where, and it, you're, not, you're not a bad person for doing this, but you put them in a room where there's someone in the back who just wants to talk. And it's like, and you're, they, they, these people... Like I want you to, I want I want you eyes forward. I want your mouth shut, and um, that's been probably the hardest part for me. Uh, outside of you know, just like at the actual logistics of of hosting a show or, or producing a show is, I want Bidville to understand what it's the art of attending a show versus like what's going on on stage. Yeah, because. I've been to a few house shows and the dynamic in the room is so much different than when you're in a large venue in that I can make eye contact from the stage to the person standing at the back wall, where if you're in a space like, for example, Meteor, which is a great space, but you can't see to the back wall back there because it's dark and you have lights on you and stuff. But if you're in somebody's backyard, or especially if you're in someone's living room and you can see somebody like sitting around the corner, like having a conversation in the foyer of somebody's house. It just kind of, it's a weird dynamic because it, there's strength in that. And there's like weakness in that, in that there's intimacy, which is excellent. Um, but intimacy, like you said, is easily broken, which has been something I've been really a fan of with Bentonville sessions is the small sorts of crowd, even in a public space, like bike racks, uh, patio, for example, it's a, it's a great public setting, but it also still has this intimate element to it, to where you can stand on one side of the room and make eye contact with someone standing across the other side of the room. Um, so yeah, it's, it is funny when you have that dynamic of, Hey, I'm on the stage right now and I demand and want <laughs> and desire attention because I'm here to show off what I have poured my soul and heart into and uh, I'm not going to show up at your work and stand in the back of the room and talk while <laughs> you're trying to code or fix my toilet or right, something. Right. right. And you know, what's so funny about that is with Bentonville, especially we're on no one's radar in terms of music. Like, yeah. I mean, be honest, like no national touring band is like, we should stop at Bentonville. <laughs> It's like, no. And so the, the work we have to do to get some of these bands to stop is, I mean, I, we, we have great sponsors. Um, but, I mean, we have to do, we have to do yeoman's work uh, on the front side to get them here. Uh, and then, so when we do get them here, it's like, you can't put a great, like, it's it's hard for us. Hopefully we'll get to here, you know, get to this point, but you can't put this great touring band in a room with 40 people. 
like you have to put them in a room with lights and kind of like all this kind of stuff because you know uh, where they can't see the back of the room, but you still hope that you know people will be respectful, even though you know there's no eye contact to be made necessarily. But um, and that that's been a, that's been the challenge, like to get these like great bands to stop through, these great artists to stop through, but to not not necessarily tell them on the front end, but like just to kind of warn them when we go to dinner and stuff is like we haven't fully trained our audience. We haven't, we haven't fully trained Bentonville on how to attend a show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a goal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more of a social event. Um, it is now. Yeah. And not like, Oh, you know, it's so-and-so band coming. I really want to see them. It's like, a lot of times it's just like, Oh, it's something to do. It's something fun to do. My friends are going. Sure. It's crazy. Like you don't see people walk into like Crystal Bridges and sit in one of like the middle of their exhibits and like five people just be like, Hey, how was your weekend? Was your weekend good? Was my weekend good? I don't know. What is it? Such a good example. And it's like, (laughs) you don't see that because people know how like people are there. There's some sort of like Mm -hmm. psychological like training that happens on how to enter a museum. Right. And it's not completely like that for music, but there's a lot of elements that, uh, you know, that transfer and you need to be in there and respectful, um, of, of the artist on stage, just like you would a painting. I mean, like man at the Louvre had people walk in and chat like we've had people walk in like you know, walk into like the Mona Lisa and like talk like the pe- people we've had come in and talk to Bentonville sessions. Like they'd probably be banned from France. <laughs> <laughs> Kicked out of the whole country. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think it takes to mature an audience? I mean, I'm sure this is the proverbial question for you, but what do you think that takes? It's, it sounds difficult. I mean, do you just, kind of hope through iteration of just show after show after show people will start to get it man when i will know that we have been successful when there is a person talking in the crowd and more than half the crowd shushes them Hmm. um and that's what i that's what i hope to do is like to create set to yeah it's iteration it's bringing in so many artists that are so good that so many people around are like, or like to establish Bentonville Sessions as a brand where if you go, you're going to hear an artist that you wouldn't believe. And um, to bring that type of crowd in, the, the type of crowd who's coming in to hear music. And I, I, I use the number 60. If I can, if I can tell artists, we're going to have 60 people who show up and are all that's 120 eyes on you. That's that's 60 mouths that are going to be shut. Um, and they're going to respect what you do. And if you do well as an artist, if, if you perform well, then you're going to have 60 more fans. And I think that's a powerful, I, I don't, you know, 60, 100, 150, 200. I hope to get to as many as we can, but I think 60 for now is like our goal. And if I have 60 people who really show up and do that, 
Um, and I think we do that through iteration. We do that through like so many good bands come through and do this. And we add one and two people, mm. a, a, you know, two and four people, a show who want to come and listen to the music. Then eventually we're going to get to the point where those people will drown out the people who come and talk because the, I, we had it at the last show. Actually, we had people who shushed people who were talking. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a majority of people who shushed them, but we had enough shushers <laughs> that I was like, "All right, we're getting we're getting somewhere." So. Awesome, and I guess um, taking taking your I guess conversation with the band a little bit further. So one way you're trying to promise um, a great crowd, but also um, I've heard you guys do a really good job of. Um, really treating the band like royalty. And so could you talk a little bit about that? And um, I, I've heard that you guys do it like so differently um, that artists just love it. And they've before they've hit the stage, they're already loving where they are and what they're doing. Yeah, I tell. So uh, for people who aren't like familiar with the, the music industry, a lot of times an artist will show up to a venue. They won't know what they're doing. They just kind of load in through some like dirty back room and especially the, the types of artists that we have who, you know, we're not, we're not bringing in U2 or Kings of Leon or anything like that. So they're not getting like the royal treatment. Um, they'll load in through like a back room. They carry all their own stuff in. Um, they'll sound check and be like, well, where do you want to eat? It's like, well, there's a Wendy's around the corner. We could eat there. Um, and they don't really experience like the community that they're playing in. They just get on stage, they play, and hope people know their songs. Right. Um, and I, we, this was the beginning. I mean, this was, this wasn't something that we just like heard from artists and then developed it. This was from the very beginning. We were going to take artists to a dinner, a nice dinner, because we have such, you know, good, like, uh, restaurants around the area. Uh, we were going to introduce them to people in the community. Uh, and then we were just going to take care of their needs before they got on stage. After they got on stage, we're going to give them a great place to stay. Um, and we weren't going to keep them up late. I mean, our shows started at eight, most of them end at 10. Um, you know, we're going <laughs> to, they could get back to their beds by, you know, kind of at the latest, like 11 or 1130 if they wanted to. And man, that like in the, in the artist community, the first year that we did that, first year and a half we did that, it was amazing the feedback we got. So we'd take them, um, I mean, Tuscan Trotter and The Hive and um, Tavola. And even when we took them to places like Peddlers, it was just like, what we do is just order the menu. And, yeah, it's it's crazy what that and, and we we I'd go with I always go with the artists, um, and it's crazy what that sort of attention, like, uh, you know how how they respond to that sort of attention. And um, we, we had a band, uh, their name's Joseph, and they were uh, no, this is this is Penny Sparrow. I'm sorry, this is the the wives of Penny and Sparrow. And they were like, this is so, we, we put them up in 21C. And they're like, this is amazing. We can actually take our shoes off 
in this hotel. I'm like what? They're like yeah, we we used to staying in like such trashy hotels that we just kind of like keep all of our clothes on and go to bed. And this is before twenty. This is before Penny and Sparrow was a little bit bigger, and it was like man. There was then like one of the guys, Andy, <laughs> like never had swordfish. And he had swordfish at the hive. I was like, man, this is amazing. And um, you know, we've had so many artists since say that the hospitality here was incredible. And uh, and and since I've been able to like to kind of put it in a sentence. Like I want my artists to be as fat and happy as they possibly could be when they take the stage that they're like, you know what? If this show isn't the greatest, I don't care. Like I'm going to go back and cause that, that, that artist community is so small. Uh, they're going to go back and tell their manager and their friends and their other band mates. Like you should play Bentonville mm-hmm. and because of the, the way that they treated us. So, I'm interested to hear how you go about selecting bands um, and how you coordinate with either their schedule or get them in from out of town. For example, Bird Talker is back in Nashville this weekend. and um, But how did you coordinate, for example, them coming up here and playing uh, sessions? Is it something that you just look at their schedule really closely and see when they're going to be passing through or what's the deal there? Yeah, I mean, there's no... <laughs> no so sides to it. That's well, exactly first, what's awesome. The first year it was gonna be the first Thursday of every month was like or something like that. Was like when our shows were, no matter what. And um so that's how he booked them. And now it's like he's getting bigger artists and stuff. It's more like, Oh, when are they gonna be going from Oklahoma City to Nashville or Oklahoma City to Little Rock or Little Rock to Dallas or something like that? Yeah, I mean, especially for the, you know, obviously the bigger artists, like I look at their tour schedule, I'm like, oh, you've got a break between Austin and Nashville and two days. Would you like a free place to stay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you can play with us for, you know, X amount of money. And uh, that's worked out really well. And actually guarantee. So we do guarantees uh, for artists. And I didn't know, I didn't know anything about like the music community when we started this, but uh, a lot of artists, uh, especially when you're talking like kind of the Midwest, South, uh, the the venues give them percentage of ticket sales or percentage of bar sales, and a lot of times just percentage of ticket sales because the venues want the bar sales. Hmm. And so, uh, guarantees have actually d- done really like we've been we've been on the higher end of kind of pay spectrums for some guarantees. Really? Um, and we're proud about that. I mean, I, I want our artists to come in and be paid. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's, that's, that's been an interesting thing. And it's like, it's not dependent on them to bring in the people. It's dependent on the community to come in. So good deal. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really funny. I look at an artist, uh, I look at ours all the time on their tour schedules. I'm like, hey, Julia, they got a break between October 10th and October 12th. Can we bring him in? Julia's like, JD, we have no money. <laughs> <laughs> That's my part in all You're this. The CFO. I am the, I'm the one that does the books. Okay. You keep every, you keep JD checks. straight. I pay the bills. 
Yes. Somebody's I try. Somebody's got to do it. Okay, I try. try to. <laughs> I try my hardest. She's like, what did you pay for dinner? I'm like, trust me, it'll pay off. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I can tell who's left brain and who's right brain. That's easy. Um, but I guess um, what's also interesting to me is the venues that you guys pick. Mm-hmm. So um, the first Bentonville sessions that I went to, um, it used to be Swirl. I don't think it's Swirl anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was... Um, kind of a loft kind of area in downtown Bentonville, exposed brick office space. And it was Don and Hawks that were in there and they're, they're a two piece, um, both sing, both play guitar. And I, the environment, the audience environment that you're talking about and, um, I guess that you hope for, I, I felt in that space mm-hmm. and it was the kind of the perfect location for that. So how do you go about, um, picking these spaces because I feel like they're very important and I don't know if you guys kind of actively think of, about that and that they're very important but yeah he's always like where should we have these people where should we have these because you have to you do have to kind of play in it to kind of the music that they play so that was a perfect venue for them yeah we're very we're very sad about losing swirl um, <laughs> but that's the thing is and that's what makes you know, sessions unique um, is that you don't know where it's going to be. And we try, we really do, we try really hard to, you know, we book X band and we try really hard to take their sound and put them in a place where their sound or expertise makes sense for them. Mm. Um, And so putting you know, people on a patio, on a bar patio, you know, you have to have a band and a performer that knows how to deal with that kind of a situation. And we take that in, into account and like, you're not going to put, you know, a girl who sings, um, you know, very soft and plays like super soft acoustic guitar, you know, guy for that matter. It doesn't matter. Um, on those patios where it could get real loud. So you put them in houses or you put them in places where if one person talks, it kind of overwhelms and you know, they, they, they hear their own voice. Um, but that, that it's been tough. I mean, honestly, mm. you know, Bentonville's not Nashville and not Chicago. Um, you know, we just don't have that many spaces. And so trying to find, things that we can convert and uh, <laughs> it's a challenge like setting up a stage and a bar and tearing down a stage and a bar every time is, is super hard and i credit um you know jared sears and um colt tilly and and the meredith family and um michael curtis and amberly and like they have these volunteers who just do all this out of the goodness of their heart we know one gets paid in sessions, but they, they, they set up and tear down a bar every time. And that, honestly, that sucks, but there's an experience that goes along with that, you know? And so, um, but to your point, like, yes, Sorrel's awesome. Like we could get people in there and kind of crowd them around, a, a rectangle and, um, you know, one voice would dominate the room. And so the artist always got precedent. Uh, they were always the first one that got to like dominate that. And then no one else, 
felt like they were more important than the artists in that room. And yeah. that was great. Now a place like Meteor is much harder. Um, but you want to put people in places like Meteor because you want places like Meteor to survive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, it's a great venue. I mean, like if we could pack Meteor out for one or two shows a year, uh, you know, with people who are listening and 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 care about the artist that's on stage, uh, we will have done our job. I'm interested because I do not have my thumb on the pulse of music, hardly at all. It all comes by way of my friends who are like, "Hey, you should check this band out" or whatever, which is how I heard about Bird Talker, for example, you know, um, or Joseph, for that matter, Penny and Spare. I mean, all of those in my mind came by way of friends who are recommending them to me. How do you guys keep your thumb on the pulse of what's going on in the music scene and like that medium sized group that you want to show off and at sessions? JD's first love is music. So (laughs) he's always, always checking out what's going on in the music world. Well, I've got friends in the music business. So, uh, one of my best, one of, one of my best friends, younger brothers, uh, growing up is in a band called Laney, um, out of LA and he, like, I can send him a text, you know, any day of the week and he'll like, Hey, I need great female artists. And he'll send me like 10 artists that I should just check out. And, um, you know, I'm just talking about bosses, but a lot of times I'll just sit at work and listen to these people. It's like, um, but I don't, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of this, a lot of sessions is just selfish because I want these people to come play for me. And, um, I think that's probably how a lot of music is. Like a lot of these, a lot of these like big venues start. Um, and I hope it is. It's just like, You've got one, you've got a person or like a small group of people who are curating good music. And, you know, what's interesting is we just had a band in called My Politic. And they were great. Um, I was really impressed with them live. Uh, you know, had, if I had run across them in the wild, I probably would have only picked up on one song. Um but they came recommended by another artist named Ira Wolf, who's coming in December that we've had before. And she's, and she, rec- she like vouched for them. And so then I started listening to them and I started listening to the lyrics. I was like, Oh my gosh, these guys are actually really, really good. And they came, they put on a great show and I couldn't have been like happier with the way it went. But that only came really through Ira's recommendation. And so the longer we do this, the more we get recommendations from people that we've had. And I mean, that's, that's how we like continue this thing. It's like, okay, here's a great artist that played for us. Hey, who, who, who are your friends that you would recommend to us? And that's how I hope to find like my playlist. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. relationships again yeah. it's just knowing people who know people again I mean, let's be honest i mean i love uh i mean i love that, like apple music and spotify and all this kind of stuff but 
the artists that we love that joy and i love the most we've seen live yeah and there are some artists i mean we just went to see david ramirez uh and joy's listened to david ramirez for i mean joy joy has listened to david ramirez for years now because i've listened to david ramirez but she's never seen him live and what's your reaction to david ramirez now i loved him probably one of my probably the best concert well right up there yep. best the best three concerts i've ever seen i just don't i don't believe that music was meant to be experienced through a speaker i think music was meant to be experienced live communally and when you hear people do it, then you fall in love with the way that they mm -hmm. sing and the way that they perform. And you can visualize it because you go back mm -hmm. somewhere in your mind to where you heard them. And now, um, you know, Joey with David Ramirez, but Penny and Sparrow mm -hmm. and Kings of Leon, we have all these experiences together. You know, my daughter's named Ben Harper, named Harper after Ben Harper because of what I saw when he performed live. Our son is named Judah after Judah and the Lion because of what we saw when they saw that band perform. And so, you go back to these things when you hear it through, the, you know, some speaker on on your, your dashboard, you know, in your dashboard or whatever, and it's like that's what connects you to music. And yeah, sure, you can you can hear music and love it, but like I think to like get all the senses involved in music, you have to be there when that person's singing it. And there's just something magical about that, you know? I definitely agree. Um, I'm, I'm a proponent of go see bands that you don't know any of their work before and let them impress you. Um, because I can't tell you how many times I've been to concerts um, for bands that I've appreciated before. And then their opener I've never heard of, and they blow me away. And I love that experience overall. Um, and yeah, it's, it's so interesting how music has become so commercialized. And um, I guess, would you say in addition to being a good audience member by being a participant in the music itself, uh, would you say also buying merch, you know, would fall in there because, you know, this, this is their live shows are musicians main way of making money. And so being more of a supportive of buying merch and buying their physical CDs versus just being, you know, passing them around on Spotify or something. Yeah, that's a good point. So we actually had this, uh, we stayed up with a band recently, uh, friends and I stayed up with a band about 3am talking about this exact point. And, uh, you'd be surprised. I think people would be surprised at the band's, who go play like your big venues like Canes, um, Uptown Theater in Kansas City, or Canes and Tulsa Uptown Theater in Kansas City, Stickies in Little Rock, people, you know, even like House of Blues in Dallas. You'd be surprised at how little these bands actually make, hmm. and their their revenue comes from their primary revenue comes from merch, and um, you know I would say if if you like a band. If you go to a show and you're like, ah, I didn't, I didn't know who these people were, but I, especially with session, you were paying ten dollars at the door, like, um, and 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 you're like, holy cow, this band is amazing. Go go buy a t-shirt, like, because that that's actually how they're making money. I mean, we we do pride ourselves on paying bands a, a good amount of money, but 
we're making up for 20 shows that they have not made money on. I mean, band recently just came in and said they made, it's a five piece band. They made $80 the previous show. And it's like, Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, anyway, uh, but they get, they, they get the money from, from their merch. Like they actually get that the people around them. And that's been one of the most surprising things about the music industry in general is, there are a lot of people that make money around artists and I'm not saying they're bad people or that it's like a bad industry necessarily, but there's the artist manager and there's the booking agent and there's the label that represents them. And there's the venue that hosts them and there's the production manager that hosts them. And there's the sound, the audio engineer and all this kind of stuff. A lot of people get paid a living wage and we forget about the artist. Um, and, it's been really shocking to me to see that, and so I'm really, you know, proud to be part of an organization that no one that we can control makes money around the artist. Mm. Um, we we give the artist our our livestock, and we're, you know, that that that's awesome for us because we, you know, that's 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 what we value. We value the art that's being created and not the business around it. You know, I don't, give, I don't care at all about the business around art. In fact, if, if I could go directly to every artist and avoid their art, their manager and their booking agent, I would. Um, and that's, again, that's not to say that it's a bad system because I get why it exists, but man, I'd rather just pay for the art. And the business around the art because the business gets first cut always you know and the artist is always i listen to several podcasts with bands guys who are in bands you know 10 15 years ago talking about booking agent takes this cut and sound guy takes his cut and you move down the line the venue and whoever everybody gets their cut and the you know artist is left with 1450 at the end of the night after you split it up amongst the five piece or whatever it is, you know, um, go eat some Arby's and then drive on to the next city or whatever. Yeah. Which is exactly why we're like, so proud to like take them, you know, take our artists to a nice meal Uh, uh, and not a meal, a meal they deserve. Honestly, like you, you create the artists we bring in are top notch. I don't, I don't care what show it is. They're, they're some of their great songwriters. They're great performers. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put my, I'll put every dollar I have that they're going to impress you. Uh, and, and that's a, that's a table stake for sessions. Like we're, n- we've had plenty of people. I mean, especially out, especially this year and the previous year after kind of the artist community heard what we paid. And then also like kind of where we are, we're kind of, we're a little bit in a, a you know, performance desert. Um, a lot of artists have contact and Hey, we want, or a lot of managers, Hey, we want our people to play here. We want our people to play, you know, sessions. And I'm like, I listen to them. I'm like, y'all suck. Like, <laughs> y'all aren't good. No. Yeah, yeah. And so, there, I mean, I think there's there's an assumption in kind of the wide world that, oh, it's Bitville. They'll take anyone. We won't. Right. Or at least sessions won't. Um, and so when we bring our artists, like we know they deserve this meal. <laughs> they deserve this money. They've, they've put so much effort. They put more effort into what they're doing than we have what we're doing. 
and so we were really really happy with the result mm -hmm. Could you talk briefly about working with local artists and bringing them and kind of working them into the Bentonville Sessions uh, thing? Yeah, we've, uh, I'll say that um, when we started this, yeah, you know, four years ago, we thought that this would be primarily a platform or maybe even exclusively a, a platform for local artists. And no offense to Northwest Arkansas, but about four shows in, we're like, well, where are the serious artists? Like, I mean, we ran out of them. Right. And from, so from then we had to adjust to like traveling artists and local artists, but our, you know, working with guys like Josh Norin and, and girls like Emily Nance. And, um, I don't know. We, we did, we, but in partnership with some other folks, Adair Creative and Haxton Road Studios, we did a video series um, called Overheard. And our first artist was Sean James out of Fayetteville and uh, put it on YouTube. And that, that video is now at like 2.2 million organic views. Um, which just doesn't happen in this world anymore. A lot of it has to do with what Sean was able to do kind of post what we recorded him. Post post when we recorded him, but um, you know it's, it's cool to bring in a local artist and give them a place where they can play, uh, ho hopefully virtually and quiet, and they can share an original song, and and not have to hear, you know, the the crowd treat them like a puppet and tell them what they want to hear, um, and we we got away uh, honestly like it's just what happened we got away from it last year we got a little punch drunk and we brought in more traveling artists than what we'd originally intended to do with this with this thing and this year we are way more focused on uh that we're going back to that house show intimate show mentality with a supplement of tra of traveling artists who will will teach the crowd how to listen with local artists. Yeah. So you'll see, especially in the spring, you'll see a lot of, um, you'll see a lot of names you recognize from, from around the community. So that'll be sweet too, for them to get an experience of like an artful space to perform music where, you know, most local artists are put in the corner of George's front room, maybe, or, right. uh, some bar in town, you know, and don't get to, I don't want to say dominate a space, but have all eyes on them in a room. People are eating dinner and drinking beer and whatever. It's yeah. it's cool to see that there will be local artists with the experience of having an artful setting to present their music. Well, so and just... if let's let's look ten years out. If if I were to if I were to paint the perfect picture of sessions, you know, five ten years out. And I'd be remiss not to mention Jared Sears and all this. Like that dude has such a passion for local music um, and has really kind of like re-inspired our mission. Um, but, you know, five, 10 years out for Bentonville Sessions, you know, tell people we want to be, we want to be uh, hidden in plain sight. We want to be that thing that like you, 
that the locals know about, but no one else knows about. Like you have to be plugged into the art scene to kind of know about what Sessions is doing. Honestly, I love to get off social media. I'd love for it just to be like a word of mouth, like, hey, you should show up to like three, you know, three oh eight Windsor Lane. Yeah. And uh and there's gonna be like this amazing show tonight you never heard of. And hopefully at some point it's been Harper because he's my legend. Um <laughs> But that's how I want it to be, and I want it to be local artists, um, you know, primarily dominating that scene. Um, so that's that's kind of where we hope to, like, redirect the whole organization back to this year, um, to that, like, yeah, you'll get, some, you'll get some traveling artists every once in a while for sure because we love them, mm-hmm. and we want to introduce them to Bentonville. And we wanted to move to Bentonville. <laughs> like Ira, uh, if uh, yeah, she's coming on December third. The Adam Hambrick. Oh, Adam Hambrick. Oh man, just got back, bro. Um, Adam. Adam is the guy we've had a couple of times who's written a lot of like country number one hits, and we have. I probably mentioned moving to Bentonville no short of fifty times to him. <laughs> Um, and he's somewhat receptive. So he wrote us a thank you note one time when he stayed here, when we weren't here and I kept it just in case, cause he's going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good, but I mean, there, there really, there is a strategy on, um, you know, some of these people that you might move here and the more artists we get to move here, the more artists we get growing up mm-hmm. and staying here. So do you see the local, music scene in Bentonville as far as number of artists growing. We asked the same question to Emily when we talked to her, if she perceived a growth of musicians in the Bentonville area. Yeah, I think so. But you have like, you have to temper that. Like, so you're not, I don't see a growth by the twenties. I see a growth by the fives and sixes and it need or even twos and threes. Like I, I see an artist pop up one at a time. I don't see it like, Oh, there's 50 people that I need to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And we need to be realistic. Like I mean, we, we, over Northwest Arkansas, what we have a, a total of like half a million people. Yeah. Like, come on like we're not gonna have like the greatest musicians like my population come out of here we're gonna have we're gonna get you know tens at a time maybe if if we're like careful and and diligent about it um so from the time that we've started it uh you know three and a half years ago four years ago have i seen a hundred artists come out of here no but have i seen five and ten yeah and it's been awesome and like I tell people all the time, like Nashville didn't start out Nashville and Austin didn't start out Austin. Like they started out with one person who curated or one person who played. Um, and then they brought their friends in and then those friends brought their friends in. And so we're not looking at, it's not, it's not a five year strategy. I mean, I, I will, I, I mean, I, I, I can't say it enough. Like, I hope that we just pass on like that passion for music and that starts churning something. And maybe even four or five generations later, 
people talk, start talking about Northwest Arkansas as a place for music. Hmm. And, you know, and we didn't start with, you know, some big bang. I mean, it yeah. wasn't just like all of a sudden there was. It was, well, in the beginning there was Jared Sears. <laughs> you know, it was like in the beginning there was Sessions. Or in the you know, and um, and I say that, I don't want to be arrogant. I just want I just want it to continue. I just want like those fives and tens to continue, and I don't ever care to see the hundreds. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I understand that legacy mindset. I mean, you know, we we have Georges and Fayetteville. Like that was there before sessions. So like that is a source of inspiration for you, and you kind of pass the torch along. So. I think that's a great mentality. Um, it's a very long, long-term goal kind of thing. So anyway, so wrapping up, uh, what you talked a lot about this upcoming year. So what can we expect out of Bentonville sessions in this upcoming season? Um, I think expect more intimacy. So uh, we're going to, we're going to be very disciplined about, doing shows that only, you know, we have like 60 kind of person max um, that will give, it'll it'll be a combination of traveling and local for sure. Um, But expect to come to a show and have to listen. Uh, And I I don't know, I don't know any other way to say that. We're going to have bike rack beer. We're going to have great wine from guess who, um, and it will be an event where you're going to meet some really, really cool people. Um, but just don't expect to have a conversation while the artist is playing, like expect to come and be wild, uh, and pay attention and be respectful of what the artist is doing. And, you know, like I said it before, but like, we want to be hidden in plain sight. We want that thing. We want sessions to be a thing where it's like, Hey, did you hear about, you know, sessions happen or not they're like well, where'd you find out about us like i just heard about it um you know we want that we want that to be a we want that to be a thing because we, I, I feel like when people when it's word of mouth when it's offline um and people oh baby screaming uh when people come with another friend who like can teach them how to attend a show like like i said we don't we don't care to enter to introduce sessions to 200 people at a time. We would introduce sessions to one and two people at a time and, and really teach them how to attend an incredible show that honestly might change their life. Good deal. Awesome. Peyton and I really enjoy Bentonville sessions so much. We uh, have been dying to have you guys on because we just love it so much and love what you guys are doing for Bentonville and for, uh, the musicians in this area and the bands that you bring in and everything. We just love what you guys are up to. So awesome. yeah, we really Thank enjoy you. it as, as just humans <laughs> who get to <laughs> hang out and go to that stuff. So we are the musical customers, consumers. So anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me. Oh man. Um, okay. So I enjoyed that interview. Um, Mainly, I, I my brain kind of gravitates towards uh, really good support 
of artists and what that means and putting yourself in their shoes in order to be a good patron of the arts and being a good audience member of the arts. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of boils down to to empathy. You know, if I were an artist, then what would I want people to do? I want people to appreciate my work and, um, you know, support me more financially. Yeah. I mean, I think we'd be remiss to mention, like, we are coming up on a soon to be done live podcast recording and just thinking about like artists, you know, performing in front of a room. Like we too want the same respect from our audience when we interview Meg Meredith about her book. Like it's, we are hoping that we have the same like respect and attention of the art of the audience that um, JD is trying to foster. And that'll be interesting. Cause it's like, we're respecting Meg's work and then the audience is going to respect our work and her work. It's a and, lot of work. And Meg respects the audience. And it's, it's a nice, nice little circle of spect. respect. Yep. R-E-S-P-E-S. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, what else did you enjoy about that interview, Peyton? Um, I enjoyed, um, we said this in the intro, um, but th- the attitude of, I miss this and I want this in my life and in my community. So I'm going to make it. I love that. Um, That passion is something that is so valuable and so needed. Um, And I think just, you know, like JD and his wife, you know, they themselves, they said they didn't know what they were doing necessarily at the beginning, but they learned and all they did was like coordinate people and things that were already there. So I think people like that are really powerful for a community. Um, and that's something I hope to be. That's something um, I think that helps make or break a community, like having at least some of those individuals there that are, are like, hey, I want to see all of us win here. I want to see all of us have a good time and appreciate art and um, whatever it may be. Like, I want to make this. And so I'm going to labor, put my labor into it so that everybody benefits. Yeah. I think, uh, something I took away from this was the amount of appreciation he had for like specific individuals that he names during the thing. Like, um, as people who support and get behind what he's doing, even at a volunteer level. So it makes me think like, what are the things that I want to be a part of and support in my area? Even if it just means like volunteer work to make the thing happen. It was sure. And so that's a good point. Like I was more of talking about people who are the catalyst, but you still need people who are able to follow the catalyst. So it's not just everybody needs to be a leader in themselves. And I mean, just have a bunch of individuals trying to start things with nobody joining them. Like it takes followers and people who catch the vision as well. Well, uh, loved that interview, of course. Um, in the future, we have it on the calendar to interview Meg Meredith, as we said um, earlier, uh, and she is an, a local author, um, author of the Rook and the Queen, which is uh, part of the Nightingale Files series that she has just begun. And so, we are going to interview her live um, the first weekend in November. I believe that's going to be a Friday, the first Friday in November, the fourth, uh, the fourth, November fourth, right. And we'll get more details as they come, but um, we're going to be doing a live podcast recording. It's going to be pretty neat. 
Yeah. And uh, be looking out for a local lowdown this week. We actually just finished recording that bad boy. Um, it's so funny. Um, and then we also have trivia coming up this week. It's going to be a third Thursday themed trivia. Trivia. Thank you for correcting yourself. That was yes, really important. Yes, sir. Uh, and it's going to be icons of horror. Um, they Everything from monsters, creeps, creatures, movies, mythology, all the things, so many things. So uh, if you fancy yourself a um, aficionado of all things horrific, uh, then come and show your chops at Bike Rack on 8th Street at 7 p.m. Uh, this Thursday. Um, then we also are doing karaoke this week on Saturday at Bike Rack Brewing Company at on 8th Street starting at 8 p.m. Be there. Come sing some spooky songs with us. We're going to have a very good time. I'm interested in what spooky songs get sung. We'll um, see. We'll, it'll scare everybody. Um, anyway, so that is the episode. And thank you so much for listening. And that's the jam. Hey, you can follow us. You can follow the jam. That is Hey Hey NWA <laughs> at Hey Hey NWA podcast. Um, we got a cool little Arkansas symbol with the Hey Hey NWA words in there on our Facebook page and then on Instagram we have, we are hey hey NWA podcast with no underscores or spaces in between and you can find our stuff if you're not already listening to us on the podcast app or SoundCloud or Stitcher or Google Play or I'm missing one but that's okay because you're probably on it or you're aware of it yeah and then we have a website heyheynwa.com and if you want to financially support our exploits, um, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash hey, hey, NWA. We've got some rewards there for people uh, who support us. So uh, go check those out. Um, and we would much appreciate your support. Thanks so much for listening again this week, guys. And that's the jam. And that is the jam. That's the jam. Mm-hmm.